All right. Well, good morning, church family. How is everyone today? All right. Amen. What a great time of worship this morning, of not only worshiping God with our, our voices and music, but worshiping God with our giving. So appreciate each one of you and your faithfulness to return to God. Uh, what already belongs to him, as Pastor Kerry said, just appreciate this church family so much and, and working together to see that the mission of God goes forward at GT and beyond these walls and all around the world. What a, what a blessing to serve with each of you today. Uh, I'm excited about today. Uh, I hope that you are as well. I believe that God has something for every single person in this room. I believe that God has something for every single person online today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm praying for you and, and asking that you would be ready to receive something from God. Maybe just one thing that God has for you today. GT North is fully live, so I won't be talking to our campus. Uh, GT North, Pastor Eric is preaching live up there, but we're online today, so we're praying for you as well. Um, it is going to be a, a, a great day. Uh, it's beautiful out. How many got hit by that storm last night? How many got woke by the storm last night? It's pretty intense around here, man. Um, so we are in today part two of a series called Family Matters. You saw the little bumper video uh, to kind of set up this idea of family and of the, the importance of family. Uh, and, and I know that some of you, well, I don't have a family. Well, you, yes, you do. You have brothers, maybe your sisters or mom and dad, aunt and uncle, cousins, and you have the family of God. If you don't think that you fit the traditional mold of what we might be talking about, you're not married yet, you don't have kids yet, you say, well, is this for me? Yes, I promise you that this is for you today. Uh, last Sunday, uh, I kicked off this message and talked about the foundation of our lives. Whether you're married, whether you're single, there is a foundation of our lives. Jesus talks about, he said, anyone who takes and hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man or woman who builds on the rock. They are like a wise builder. And you're in a church today, friend, that believes that God's word is eternal and unchanging. We believe that this book right here is unchanging in its nature. It is a reflection of the very nature and heart of God himself. This is the revelation of God to man for mankind for all time. It is relevant in all ages, in all contexts, in all languages, in all nations, and in all settings. This book is always relevant. That's a good place for you to say amen, church. And um, so we believe that this also is the blueprint for our lives. We believe that this book, God's Word, describes His design for our lives. I think that's a very important statement. I'm going to say it again. This book, God's Word, describes God's design for our lives. And I want to talk with you today about God's design. Every week that we talk in this series of Family Matters, we will talk about what we believe is God's design for your life and for your family and for your relationships, for your parenting, for your marriage, for every aspect of relational life. We're going to look to God's word because it gives us God's design for our lives. And today, uh, we've been talking about Family Matters. Today, the message is entitled, The Marriage Matters. I want to explore with you a couple of things today. The first third or so of my message, I want to explore simply God's design for marriage. I want to look at it, take a broad approach to what does the Word of God say to reveal God's heart and God's design for marriage in itself. The second thir two-thirds of this message, I want to look at some of the building blocks for marriage that, again, we believe are, are found in God's Word. And so, again, if you're a single adult today, I don't want you to check out. M many of you in this room, if you're not yet married, you may probably long to be. I want to give you hope. Uh, God's got someone out there for you. Single said amen. Come on, singles. Come on, a little enthusiasm there. My Aunt Joan was married for the first time in her only marriage at the age of 65 years old. Now, some of you are like, well, I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> I know, I get it. I'm just telling you, like, God's got someone for you. Say amen, single adults. Come on. But I want you to lock in today, singles, because I, I want you, if you're not yet married, I want you to have 
a picture of what God's design is for marriage. Before you get married, it's far better for you to have a picture in your mind of what godly biblical marriage should look like before you get your own marriage and then try to scramble and figure it out. Too many couples in this room or even online maybe did it the reverse. They, they got married, then they scrambled and tried to figure out what does God's word say about marriage. And so I think that there is something here for every single one of us today. And this is going to be a broad look at marriage. If you're married in this room, you know that there's no possible way to cover every facet of marriage and the marital relationship in 40 minutes. It's, un, it's not doable. You know, I know Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. I don't know if we can cover all of marriage in 40 minutes. Um, it, what you need is about 12 weeks and 60 minutes every week to cover every dimension of marriage. But we're going to, so this is uh, by design a broad stroke of what marriage is and some building blocks to, to help us get started with the marriage relationship. Uh, so I want to I declare to you what I believe first is God's design for marriage. I believe this. If you're listening, church, say amen. I believe all married couples in this room that God wants you to love being married. Not just that you will love your spouse for the remainder of your life on this earth, but I believe that God wants you to love, love, love being married and the whole marital experience. I believe God wants you to enjoy that and to love being married. Thank you, Kathleen Kramer, my wife on the front row. That's a good amen right there. Can we just close in prayer right now? God, listen, church, God wants your marriage to thrive, not just to survive. Now, if you're surviving marriage, praise the Lord. But God wants you to go from a surviving marriage to a thriving marriage. God would not have put in place this covenant relationship that is the foundational building block of society if he didn't want you to enjoy it and thrive in it. These are the most fundamental building blocks in culture is marriage. Again, if you're not yet married, I want you to listen maybe even as closely as the married people in this room and online because God wants to broadcast something into your life today. He wants to... I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to sow some seeds in your heart today. If you're married, I want you to listen in and say, God, what is the one thing or what are the two things today that, that the Lord is revealing to me and my spouse for our marriage covenant today? What is God wanting to say to us in our season of life, in our setting, in our circumstances? What is the Holy Spirit trying to broadcast and convey to us today. And single adults in this room, I don't care if you're 20 or 70, what is it that God is saying to you about maybe your future marriage or about all of the relationships that you have in your life right now? God wants to speak something specific in your life today. Why is marriage so important? I believe that marriage was designed to be the foundation of the home. Listen carefully, parents, if you're... If you are a parent today and married, I want to remind you that your marriage relationship is a higher priority than your parenting relationships. You getting, if you're married and you have children, you getting your marriage right is the greatest gift that you can give to your children. And probably the primary strategy for good parenting is modeling a healthy marriage before your children. Notice I didn't say modeling a perfect marriage before your children. But to model a healthy one before your children is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your kids if you are married in this room today. Marriage, as I said earlier, is the most fundamental building block of society. If you have elements and you have minerals, you have the building blocks of life itself, atoms, molecules, electrons, protons. There's the nucleus, right? Right? the most fundamental building block of an atom, that's what the marriage is to the home and to society itself. The most fundamental of building blocks. In Genesis chapter one, Genesis, if you're new, is the very first book in the Bible. There are 66 books in the Bible. 
Genesis is called the book of beginnings, and God lays forth his structure for life itself in Genesis. Chapter 1, verse 28. God, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Marriage is the starting point for the propagation of humanity. It's the very place where we are called to be fruitful and increase and fill the earth. In Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This is where God sets forth the covenant relationship of marriage. And I believe it is the most foundational and fundamental building block in culture and in society all around the world. The Bible says that marriage is like a mystery. Now, if you're married, you already knew that. Come on, somebody, right? There are parts of marriage that are mysterious, but the Bible says that it's a, it's a signpost. It, it's a relationship that mirrors and points to the relationship between Christ and the church. Marriage is a mystery in the same way that you, how you and I relate to an immortal, invisible, eternal God. Marriage is a picture of our relationship with God. Christ and the church, the marriage relationship is a picture of that. From the beginning, God designed man and women, woman for one another. Our bodies were fitted together to form a one flesh covenant relationship. The male and female body are uniquely formed together for that relationship. The Bible describes no other relationship like this. It's unique. It's a relational bond that's designed to last a lifetime. Again, this is God's design. I know some of you are in your second marriage. Make this marriage, if it's your second marriage, make this marriage last a lifetime. God designed marriage as a covenant relationship to last a lifetime. Jesus affirms this design. In Matthew chapter 19, he said these words, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, now he quotes Genesis chapter one, that the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Jesus affirms the creator's design for the marriage relationship. I want to make a comment here. The Bible affirms no other relationship between two people to take its place. Marriage between a man and a woman is the only form of marriage that the Bible recognizes and affirms as God's design. It's the only thing you will find in Scripture that God endorses, recognizes, and affirms. Marriage between a man and a woman for life. That's God's design, and that's what we will preach in this church. Again, if you are divorced in this room, if you are remarried, there is hope for you, there is forgiveness. God wants this marriage you're in to be the one that lasts the rest of your life. This is God's design for marriage. Paul repeats this in, in, in Ephesians, quoting Genesis and Jesus in Ephesians 5.31. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, Paul said. He said marriage is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So this, this is the first third of the message I wanted to articulate for you in a broad sense God's design for marriage. And I want to repeat again, God wants you to love being married. And God wants you to be in a healthy marriage. If you're married, God wants you to thrive in marriage. And he longs to bless your marriage. Here, here's the thing, church. If you will do marriage God's way, then God will put his blessing and favor on your marriage. We contrasted how last week if you didn't hear the message, please go online at some point this week and listen to last week's message. We compared and contrasted that there is a way to do life. There's mainly two ways. I can do life the world's way, or I can do life God's way. If you do it the world's way, you are then also going it alone. You are without God's blessing on your life. But if you do life God's way, then you invite the blessing and favor of God on your life. The same is true for marriage. You can do marriage the world's way, 
or you can do marriage God's way. One of them has his blessing and one of them will not. Married couples, married people in this room, I want to encourage you to, to build your life on the rock and to do marriage the way God intended for it to be done. So I want to give to you a couple of the building blocks of marriage. Many of you recognize what's on my left here. You have, how many of you have played the game Jenga? Raise your hand. I have borrowed from our student ministry their giant Jenga. This is, you, you need a bigger illustration sometimes for a, a large room. I also have the household game right here uh, to, to tinker with. I'm going to try to make this happen here. That didn't go so well, right? So here we go. There we go. So there is a Jenga puzzle, a Jenga game, whatever you want to call it. Now, some of you probably can already make immediate application. You're like, yeah, marriage does feel like that. Like it, some of you are in a marriage where it feels like, man, just, if just one piece gets removed, the whole thing's going to collapse. I, I, I tell you today, there is hope for you. There's hope for you and for you to, to make room to cooperate with the spirit of the, the living God to re restore and to put back into place some of those pieces that are missing. Marriage is built on a foundation of Jesus Christ, a Christian marriage is anyway. And I want to talk to you about some of the building blocks of marriage today. Those of you who know me and you know my personality, okay, if I shake this table, it wobbles a little bit. Um, you know my personality, you know there's not just one or two, right? Um, I, have, I have nine building blocks to talk with you about today. And some of you are thinking, well, how long is that going to take, Pastor? Like, I thought church ended at 10, 15. Yeah, it does. And we're going to be good with that. But um, I want to talk with you about some of what I think are the most essential building blocks in your marriage. And, and I want you to listen prayerfully today. Every one of you should have received a Jenga block on the way. And Ray, put yours up in the air if you have one. Everybody should have one of these if you don't. We've got some at the front of the stage here if you somehow slip by our greeters today. If you're at home, go find your Jenga game and be ready to participate. And as I share today, this is going to be what I would call a shotgun approach. Sometimes when I preach, I, I want to just, I want to drive home one primary thought. Today's message is, uh, is I want to scatter seed today. I want to disperse a lot of seed, and I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will make specific application to each one of your lives in this room today. There's a pen in, in the seat back in front of you. If the Holy Spirit says something to you about what you're to work on, go ahead and write it on the block. We've got Sharpies at the end of the service. We'll invite you to come front and write something on your block today. But I, I want you to listen for what is that one or what are those two things, whether you're a single unmarried adult or whether, whether you're a married couple in this room today, what are the one or two things that the Holy Spirit wants me to to give focus to in my marriage, in our marriage right now, in this season of life. So here's building block number one. Again, you have this, this Jenga tower here <coughs> has a foundation. This doesn't operate the same as this does. Like in this one, like you can remove blocks and it doesn't affect it so much. And that's really what Jenga is all about. But there are some foundational blocks. You know, you know if you play Jenga, you generally start at the top, right? How many know like you start at the top, you go for the, the low-hanging fruit even though it's at the top and you find one that's loose. Well, this one's not cooperating. You sometimes poke at the middle, you find one at the top and then you remove it and then you put it on the back on the, back and the top. But, if, but you know that the higher risk ones are at the bottom because they're supporting, they're bearing more of the weight of the tower. And there are some fundamental building blocks in the marriage relationship that I think bear more of the weight of the marriage itself. And the ones at the bottom form the foundation. These are the primary building blocks. So if I were to remove one of these, so the illustration did what it's supposed to do, right? Because you saw already that by just removing one of these blocks, it disturbed the stability of this structure. That's a word for somebody in this room. When you don't have all of the right building blocks in your marriage, it disturbs the stability of your marriage relationship. The Holy Spirit wants to speak something to you right now. Number one, the, the first building block, if, you're, if, if you have...
that's not the first time today that happened. <laughs> that happened in the green room today. So we're going to work with something else. That's okay. Um, so building block number one. This, you can go to the church app, write some things down, write it on your, maybe you could um, write one of these blocks on each one of the sides. There are, there are six sides. Pick six of the nine I'm going to give and write them on the sides of these blocks. Make commitment the foundation of your marriage. And some of you are like, whoa, 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 time out. I thought you just said a minute ago that Jesus was the foundation. Let me clarify, okay? So I wonder how many of you in this room know a married couple outside of the church that's married 40, 50, or 60 years, and they're still married. And they're married happily. Why is that so? I believe because they have learned that commitment, that their decision, that when, when Kate and I got married 23 years ago, we decided that regardless of what life brings to us, we're in it together. Commitment, friends, forms the foundation of your marriage. And we'll talk later about Jesus being in the center of your marriage, but commitment in a marriage relationship, whether it's a Christian marriage or not a Christian marriage, commitment is what holds you together. Your decision to stay committed and devoted to one another in your, your relationship as a married couple is the very foundation of your relationship. Because everything else that we're going to talk about does this. It, it can go up and down. How many know if you're a married couple, you know that your ability to be happily married can change every day. Some of you are being honest right now. Thank you for those hands. Your communication skills, your conflict resolution, you getting along, you being able to speak kindly and be respectful and, and sharing hobbies, that, that can change on a daily basis. The one thing that need never change in your marriage is your commitment to stay married for the rest of your life. Commitment is the foundation of your marriage. Marriage is designed as a lifetime commitment. Regardless of what pressures will come into your lives, marriage is designed to last. You are, you are invited as a married couple to be devoted to one another above all others and to treasure one another. Maybe that's the one thing that some of you need to Take to heart. I, I wouldn't tell you to write that on your block if your spouse is sitting next to you, but maybe God is reminding you that you are invited to treasure your spouse, and it's been a while since you've treasured your spouse. To those who are remarried, again, I want to remind you, this is your marriage now. Make this marriage the best marriage that God wants it to be. So number one, commitment is the foundation. The, the very first building block is commitment. Number two, if you're still listening, say amen. amen. Decide that God has designed you to be teammates and never opponents. If you are married in this room or if you're a single adult, single adults in this room, hear me carefully. When God brings a spouse into your life, he has designed them to be your eternal teammate and to never, ever know, never, ever, under any circumstances, become your opponent. God has designed you in the marriage relationship to be teammates and never opponents. It's one of the most fundamental building blocks of the marriage relationship, is that God wants you to be teammates and never opponents. Let me, let me say something to you. If your marriage has devolved into becoming adversarial. If you feel like your marriage relationship has become adversarial, I want you to decide together as a couple that that posture and that atmosphere in your marriage ends today. If you have allowed your marriage relationship to become adversarial, you decide together with your spouse, and if they're not here, you decide as a spouse in that marriage that it ends today. That you will do whatever it takes and that you will make room for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he needs to do to change the atmosphere in your relationship. God did not design your spouse to be your adversary. And if you've allowed that to happen you need to come to this altar at the end of the service say, God, I want you to do whatever is required. God, do whatever is necessary 
to remove this adversarial atmosphere in our marriage today. If you sense that your marriage is devolving that way, you come together to this altar at the end and you confess that hand in hand. So you know what? We have become adversaries and I don't want that anymore. I want us to be teammates and never opponents. And I would say to every one of you, whether you're married or single, I don't think it's God's design for any of our relationships to become adversarial. In the workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, even though you don't get along with all of your family members, your relationships as a child of the living God should be characterized by the fact that you and I are called to be peacemakers. You and I are called to be peacemakers in this world. And if you have relationships in this world that have turned adversarial, what can you do to become the peacemaker in that relationship? Number two, God has designed you to be teammates and never opponents. Building block number three. Decide that you will give, not take. Decide that you will give in the marriage, not take in the marriage. Let me explain what I mean by that. The worldly mindset, again, the world versus the way that God does it. The world might come to marriage and say, wow, what's in it for me? Sometimes in the world you might say, man, my spouse is going to make me so happy. Man, I can't wait to get married because they are going to make me so happy. That is a me-centered relationship. How happy they're going to make me. That's a worldly mindset. Can I tell you that the godly mindset, the way of God's word, when you enter a covenant relationship, not a contract, a covenant, you enter the relationship as a child of God, say, I want to ask, how happy can I make my spouse? Too many people come into marriage trying to extract happiness from their spouse rather than trying to give it away. Married people in this room, I promise you, if you just focus on how can I make my spouse happy, what can I do to bless them and, and encourage them and build them up, I want to give, give, give it away, give it away, give it away. Rather than trying to take from them and extract happiness, I'm going to give it away. What would it look like if both of you were doing that? Now, you can do it the world's way. You can... Husband can take happiness from his wife and wife can take happiness from her husband and you'll be taking the rest of your life. But how beautiful would your marriage covenant be if instead of taking, you were trying to give happiness to your spouse because you're doing it God's way. When you give, you are, you are loving the way God intended for you to love. In fact, I would say this. If you are trying to Hold on, I lost my spot there. Um, yeah. Um, in marriage, you must commit to giving love rather than taking love. If, if you are coercing love from someone else, if you are manipulating love from someone else, I don't even think that's love. Here's why. Because I don't think love can be taken. Love can only be given. And you cannot coerce or manipulate love out of your spouse or out of any friendship or relationship in this world. You must give love away. And if you're both doing that, if you're both giving love, you are going to do marriage the way God designed it to be done. Listen, one of the, the primary enemies in every marriage relationship, the, one of the core enemies in every single marriage relationship is selfishness. You don't get married so that you can be selfish. When you get married, you are, you are prepared to be selfless, to die to self and to put your spouse's desires, wishes, dreams in front of your own. And I believe this. I've been in ministry 19 years. I've been meeting with couples for 19 years. I've been doing premarital counseling for 19 years, married couples in my office and I, I have come to the conclusion that at the bottom, at the root of every single bit of marital strife, you will find selfishness. And James said this, I, this is supported by God's word. James chapter four, verse one. Do you know where fights and arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that war within you. I, I guarantee you, married people, if, you, if you're having an argument or fight or tension, 
you start to look deeper, you will find that one or both of you is being selfish. You want what you want, when you want it, how you want it, and you're not getting it. You're willing to fight and argue to have your way. And James says, this is what causes fights and quarrels among you. Manipulation in your marriage must end. Number four, building block number four, choose biblical love every day. I want you to choose biblical love every day. Here's what the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude, is not self-seeking. It's not selfish. Is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Some of you all need to just let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now and let that phrase reverberate in your heart in your mind, in your very soul. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And if you are coming to your spouse and bringing back things from the distant past, from months and years ago, the Bible says love keeps no record of wrongs. And again, there's imbalance, right? If there's some, some terrible things that have happened in your marriage, they need to be processed and discussed and worked through and sorted out and invite the Holy Spirit to bring healing and restoration. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, you, you would look around again, you say, well, it looks like, man, I look around our culture and our country and the world and marriage looks like love fails all the time. You know why? Because they're doing love the world's way. I would agree with you that love done the world's way does fail. But church, if you will do love God's way, that kind of love never fails. The unconditional kind of love never fails. The, the love that I have for my wife, Kate, regardless of her, her performance, her behavior, or how she loves me in return, my love for her is designed to never fail. How do I love like that? Only with the help of the Holy Spirit. None of us in this room or listening online has the ability in and of ourselves to love like that. But you do not have to love by yourself. You have the Spirit of God to help you. Number five, I must keep moving here. Practice healthy communication in your marriage. I believe that healthy communication is one of the cornerstones of marriage. I, I think I'm at risk here by removing any of these blocks. I'm gonna have a major mess. There we go. I think communication is one of those foundational blocks in marriage. In fact, like I said, I've done, I've done premarital counseling for 19 years. I've met with at least 150 couples. We use a, a couple different online assessments for couples to take individually and to, we get the results packet. And I want, I want to tell you something, church. Without exception, everybody say the words without exception. I just want to know you're listening. Without exception, communication dictates how the rest of those categories will look. When I look, I, I get a bar graph print out of how, how, how compatible or how healthy this couple's relationship is. And without exception, when communication is healthy, when it's a high score, every other remaining category is also healthy and high. And when communication is low and unhealthy, every other category in their relationship tracks low with it. Without exception, healthy communication is a core, a cornerstone of your relationship in the marriage. Building block number six. Again, I'm scattering seed. It's a shotgun approach. I want you to ask, Holy Spirit, what is the one thing you want me to hear today? Number six. This is going to be a hard one for most of us. <coughs> Eradicate expectations. I want to give you a, a statement here and then... I'm going to just drop it and walk away from it. Expectations, this comes from a, a guy who used to facilitate the couples class with Kate and I. Um, expectations are nothing more than premeditated disappointments. Chew on that. Write that on your tiny little block. Expectations are nothing more than premeditated disappointments. When you expect something from your spouse, 
and you, you expect this and you get this, the gap is the level of disappointment that you feel in any relationship. When you expect something and they underdeliver, you are disappointed with them. And I want to challenge you today to eradicate expectations in your marriage. How on earth do I do that? I'm so glad you asked. What you need to do today is enroll and register for our couples class. This is not a shameless plug. I'm telling you what, church, we spend three weeks on this topic. I promise you, married couples, this alone can radically transform your marriage. If you learn how to take the expectations that you've been living with and get them back into the desires box, it will radically transform your relationship forever. We have had couples who are in our couples class. They've been going to professional marriage counseling. And halfway through the class, they tell us, we actually stopped our marriage counseling because this class is helping us more than the marriage counseling ever did. You go to our events page right now. You register for that couples class. It will radically improve your marriage, I promise you. And we will talk to you about how do I get rid of expectations. And I want to say something here real quick. Time out. None of what I'm saying today, I'm saying because I get it right all the time. You know that, but I think it needs to be said, like, it's my job as the preacher to proclaim to you God's design for life. It doesn't mean I always get it right. It doesn't mean Kate always gets it right. She gets it right more than I do sometimes. But this is God's design. Number seven, here we go. We're going to rattle these off. Now, one more, one more bonus thought here. One more bonus thought. I'm sorry. It's just too much. But one more bonus thought. If you're listening, say amen. amen. Comparison is the enemy of contentment. If you are comparing your spouse or your marriage to someone else's, stop it right now. Comparison is the eternal enemy of contentment. Stop right now. Number seven, building block number seven. Practice mutual submission. Ephesians 5.21, the foundation, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why do Kate and I submit mutually to one another in our marriage? Not because she's so wonderful and kind and sweet and lovely and beautiful and all that, and she is. But that's not why I mutually submit to her. Why does she submit to me? Because I'm so handsome and strong and smart and intelligent. <laughs> not, why are you laughing? That's not the cause for mutual submission. Submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ. Kate and I submit to each other because we love Christ and his word. And our marriage operates in the shadow of a cross. And we submit to each other out of reverence for Jesus Christ. Building log number eight, resolve conflict today. Ephesians 4, 26, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Paul, the, the original language actually paints the picture. When you let the sun go down on your anger and give the devil a foothold, you are actually giving him a base of operation in your life and your marriage. A foothold is like you've got your foot in the door and now you're giving him access to yourself and your relationship. Imagine somebody trying to close the door on the enemy and somebody just jams their foot in. That door's still open and you are now giving him access into your life. That's why Paul says, close the door on that. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Number nine, last one. And it's, it's not number nine because of its priority. Okay, church? Don't, don't walk out of here and say this pastor's a pagan, okay? Number nine, keep Christ in the center of your marriage. I declared to you earlier today that I believe that commitment in any marriage, Christian or not, commitment is the foundation of a lasting relationship. But Christ, in a Christian marriage, Christ is to be in the center of your marriage. Jesus Christ as a follower, as a child of God, should be in the center of your life individually, and he should be invited to become the center of your marriage as a couple before the Lord God Almighty. Jesus Christ should be in the center of your marriage. Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, 
Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And I want to close today. We're going to go ahead and stand up with me. We're going to close in a very specific way today. Our worship team's going to come back to the stage and we're going to worship together. And I want you to grab that Jenga block in your hand today. If your spouse is with you, if you are with your husband or wife in this room today, I want, if you're willing, I want a Jenga block in one hand and their, their hand in your other right now. Go ahead and do that if you're willing. And I, I want you to ask the question, what's the one thing that the Holy Spirit is saying to us today that he wants us to confess together that this area, this aspect, this building block of our marriage, we need to work on. This aspect of our lives together, we need to invite the Holy Spirit into our marriage to do a little bit of work. As a, as a as follower of Jesus, we are called, every one of us is called to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every single area of our lives. And as a married couple, you and I as married couples, Kate and I are invited by God to surrender our marriage to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And as we sing this song, Jesus at the Center, I want, I want to invite you today, whether you're a single adult in this room and you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write on this block what I'm believing God for. I'm believing God for a spouse today. And you can come to the altar. You can, we got Sharpies all across the stage today. You, you might use the pen in front of you, but Sharpie will last longer, okay? So you can, I want you, as we sing this song, I, would, I invite everybody to leave their seat today and walk up to the front and say, write one thing with the Sharpie. What am I believing God for? Married couples, if you are willing, I'd like you to come to the front. We've had a marriage conference in a couple weeks. You can go online right now and sign up for that marriage conference. August 26th, right here in this worship center of family life, the art of marriage. We want every single married couple in our church to be part of that. Come on, you can start walking right now. Married couple, single adults, who walk right now, come to this stage. Enroll, register for that. If, and listen, if you need help financially for the marriage conference, you contact Pastor David Salazar and staff. We wanna help you with that. We do not want money to stand in the way of you attending the marriage conference. Thank you, Lord. Keep coming, keep coming. All right, go ahead, Dan. We're gonna, we're gonna sing this song as, as, as our team sings. You can, you can come, you can write, a, write a, a message, write a word on your block today. You're welcome then to return to your seat, stay at the altar. You can worship God there. I'm gonna come back then and pray a blessing over our marriages after this song is complete. Jesus at the center of it all.
Sharpie, write something on your block. You still can do that. Um, I want to pray. This is my wife, Katie, if you didn't, haven't met her before. We want to pray with you for every one of our individuals, our, our single adults, our married couples in this room. Again, don't forget, you can register right now for the couples class. Join us for the couples class. starts in September. The marriage conference in two weeks. We'd love to see every married couple here. We've got some books we recommend. Sacred Marriage um, is out there. There's a couple books that Scrolls has that we are highlighting today stop by and grab one of those. Let me say something to My wife just reminded me as we um, were praying at the altar together. If you're a single adult in this room, can I plead with you to be equally yoked with another believer? If you're a, a, a child of God, you're a born-again believer, and you're not yet married, the mo one of the most important things that you will ever find in a spouse is that they will love Jesus more than they love you. That sounds backwards. No, and from the world, that's backwards. But from God's perspective, I'm going to love him before I love her. And my love for him enables me to love her the right way. So if you're not yet married, find a spouse that loves Jesus more than they'll ever love you. And you will love marriage. You will love, love being married. And pray for your spouse, okay? We're going to do that right now. Father, thank you. Spouses, hold each other's hands if you can. God, I pray, God, a blessing on every single person in this room. God, for our single adults in this room, I pray that, God, they would be encouraged today. That, Father, you would begin to paint a picture of a biblical marriage in their minds of what their goal would be, God, the kind of marriage that they long for, where they find a spouse who loves you more than they could ever love them. God, I pray for the married couples in this room. God, whether they're just surviving or they're thriving, I pray that every single couple in this room under the sound of my voice would experience the blessing and the favor of God Almighty in their lives. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe on our married couples in this church today, that our lives and our marriages would be a reflection of the love between Christ and his church. God, would you restore marriages today, bring forgiveness, bring healing, bring reconciliation today, Lord God. Bring whatever is required and necessary for every single marriage under the sound of my voice to begin to thrive and be healthy, that husband and wife can love, love, love being married. God bless our married couples today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you, church. I love you. We love you so much. Have an amazing day. If you didn't get to come forward, please walk forward. If you need prayer, altar team is ready. If you need prayer in your marriage, please, our altar team is ready to pray with you. God bless you. Have an awesome day. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center.
See you back here next Sunday.